You're listening to the Just Plain Filthy Podcast, and we use, like, a ton of naughty words, so if you're under the age of 18, what the fuck are you doing here? Get the fuck out. Go. So, no head? It's your boy, Puppy Shoes. Welcome to the Just Plain Filthy Podcast. My name is Casey Campbell. And I am TJ Vegashausen. <laughs> and this is episode, uh, episode 68. 68. One before the big one. The big one. Most people think episode 100 is the big one. Or 1000 is the big one. But no, 69 is the big one. Yeah. And this is the one before the big one because it's 68. It's also the last episode of the year. Yes. The last episode of the decade. Yes. And we've almost been doing this for three years now. So, damn. That's a, that's a lot of... Yeah. You listen to us yell about wrestling. Yeah, or other things. Or make inappropriate jokes about Paige or something <laughs> like Because that. that was a good chunk of our year. Oh, that was a good chunk of, like, the decade. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of things to talk about. Not much content-wise, because, you know, the holidays get us all busy. The yeah. holidays has us all everywhere. Haven't really watched much wrestling. Exactly. But we have things to talk about, such as Male Wrestler of the Year, Female Wrestler of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Hell yeah. Entrance Theme of the Year, Match of the Year, and even Top 5 Matches of the decade, Housen, and yeah, and we're gonna be talking. Then we have musical stuff after the first break, but yeah. we'll get to that when we come to it. And we got a bunch of stuff like we. It's gonna be mostly retrospective. Like we can talk about like shit that happened in wrestling this decade that we liked, exactly. Shit we didn't like. Like it's gonna be a good episode. What should we start off with, Mister TJ? Um, let's go with entrance theme of the year. Entrance. I feel theme like that's the the less important of all of them so i don't want to start off with the bing ba-bow oh, right yeah, off the exactly. back you know just, exactly. let's ease ourselves you gotta into ease it. yourselves into these uh i'm gonna go with darby allen because i like that it's a cheap knockoff of uh sweet dreams <laughs> uh, yeah i get those vibes i don't know Every if it's t- like right off of like that it's the same chord progression it's like the, muted, the drums though. are the same it's muted but every time it comes on i start singing sweet dreams uh, <laughs> um this is weird for me to say, but I feel like mine has to be uh, Bianca Belair. Oh. Every time it comes on, I start dancing like a young black girl, and I'm just like all about it. I'm whipping my non-existent hair because I got I'm bald, and I'm just like, whipping it around. I'm like wiggling my hips and jamming out. White girls room. can whip their hair too. No, I'm just. No, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like a shit. young Bianca Belair, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How she comes around, she's like, I'm on my own against the wall. And just, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna attempt to fucking sing, but gets me fucking hyped. Yeah. Um. After that, what's I'm tag team of the year. Tag team of the year. Tag team of the year. That's difficult. That's a difficult one to put up. There's been a lot of them this year. There's been a lot through like a lot of different places, like WWE. Had a pretty strong moments. A mm. lot of it was kind of dumb, but the people that they built up, they fucking built up. Oh yeah. Um, the indies 
flourished with tag teams. AEW has probably the best tag team division on mainstream television. Mm-hmm. TNA has been doing great. Exactly. So. I'm going to choose, and this is uh, probably like the most cliche answer, but I'm going to say the Lucha Bros. <laughs> Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros had a fantastic year this year. Uh, like I knew of them before, but I I'd, I'd only seen a couple matches of their theirs before this year, yeah. and uh, like I knew them separately, but like this year they really just fucking hit the ground running. They yeah. they became fucking superstars practically overnight, and that's why they're getting my tag team of the year. I feel like I'm gonna be the manager of Office Space and just go up to like Pentagon and be like, hey, so if you can just say Cerro Miedo, like. At least half, that would be great. Half Thanks. the time. If you guys yeah. could, like, That's my stuff. only grievance to that team. Everything they do is great, but, like, every two minutes you get Seattle and Miano. Like, fucking, oh, I yeah. get it. I mean, like, the people can criticize how they tag in and out all they want. Like, yeah. looking at you, Jericho. But. I mean, it's all legal. It's all legal, so and it's, it. like, cool. wrestling's not the same. It's not yeah. the same as it was back in the day. Like, it's flashier. It's funner. It's, like, it's not... I'm not I wouldn't say funner. I would say it's more spectacle now. And, like, I get it. Like, you have to have ring psychology. Yes. And, like... But if you can't, like, see shit at a faster pace <laughs> now... Uh, sorry, bud. Like wrestling matches are faster paced like um my tag team of the year is a team that's recently just went against them mm-hmm. uh i go with scu oh yeah because even before a... they went to aew and became they, they... tag team champions and been on a roll they were in ring of honor and they were in bar wrestling and they were all over in europe and japan and they were having great matches over there. Well, Kazarian Daniels, even before like SDU, had always been like a good fucking oh, match yeah. together, and like the they just they also had a really stellar year this year, and they've been working their asses off. And like, I mean, I can compare both our picks to each other because like, Lucha Bros have been MLW. Oh, yeah. AAA, AEW, Impact, and they all done like really great things. They they had success everywhere they went. Yeah, same and, thing with S- SCU. SCU has done the exact same thing, and like both of these teams really deserve it. But I'm gonna give it to the Lucha Bros simply because they became household names almost instantly. And Kazarian and Daniels have been yeah, they've been grinding away. People knew about them yeah. up until like two years ago or so. Anybody outside of, like, Mexico didn't really know Lucha exactly. Brothers. Exactly. Okay. But that's okay. why they, I, get, I give it to them. Because Kazarian and Daniels have been in the game longer, but are only now finding, like, long-term mainstream success. Okay. I, I mean, I, I get it. Like, TNA, like, that, that is mainstream, but they, it was always the secondary They launched product. them. In, without impact, I don't yeah. think Lucha Brothers would be where they are now. Yeah, but like, it, it TNA really did build up, build up like both teams, but Daniels and Kazarian have do, been doing it longer. Yeah. But this year is where both teams really got national exposure, and I'm just gonna give it 
to the Lucha Bros because they've been doing this less. Cero Miedo housing. <laughs> yes. Um, as much as I want to do the regular male, female wrestler mm-hmm. of the year right now, mm-hmm. um, let's just do match of the year. Match of the year. Mm. That's it. Because we could have a we could have like a little discussion on that. There's there's been a lot of great matches. There's been a lot of great matches this in year. recent memory. I think mine would be really shocking for a lot of people, but oh, I don't yeah. want to if I don't think too hard on it. Exactly. exactly. Leo Rush versus Angel Garza has Oof. to be one of the better matches. Oof. That's one that sticks out to me in recent memory. That one was great. My pick uh, for match of the year is going to be uh do you want to go first or should i go you can first? go first all right i'm trying to uh think. cody rhodes versus dustin storytelling wise definitely match that year. was match of the year for me like i'm a big catharsis guy anything that makes me feel an emotion while yes. i'm watching it I get gets that. a couple bumps up and like that was just something that we've all wanted to see for a really long time and they finally gave it to us and it was fucking phenomenal yeah that was good <laughs> Brian Cage versus Sammy Callahan for the X Division title. I mean, for the world title and Impact was really good. Um, also, oh, fuck. I'm drawing so many blanks. I know I did this to myself, but uh, whatever. I'm just going to go Leo Rush versus um, Angel Garza. Oh, yeah. But this will be easier for me, though. Uh, top five. Of the decade. Of the decade. Of the decade. All right. Top five of the decade for me. Uh, coming in at number five would definitely be uh, Daniel Bryan versus Batista and um, Batista and Randy Orton at WrestleMania 30. How big do you think Batista's dick is? Pretty big. <laughs> My guess. I'm going to ask Dana Brooke on Twitter later. <laughs> uh, number four... Uh, has to be uh, Edge and the Undertaker at WrestleMania 24. That was solid. That was great. Um, number three for me, um, Edge and Matt Hardy at SummerSlam. Wait, that was that this decade? That was not this Edge decade. and Matt Hardy. No, that no. would have been like 2008 or 9 maybe? 2008 or 9. Kind of close, but it was still. No. Um, fuck, WrestleMania 24 wasn't even, was like 2009. I don't even know what WrestleMania we're on now. I don't give a shit about WrestleMania normally. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. This decade. Uh, okay, so I'm going to have to change this list significantly. Five stays the same. Four uh, is going to be um, Dustin versus Cody. Yeah. That's great. Three is going to be... I'm trying to think like what matches... Like, really stood fucking out for me. Um, 2010-2019. There wasn't a lot of, like, awesome stuff. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the last couple of years, it's rare to find, like, a genuine, like, amazing match. Oh, yeah. John Cena, The Rock, uh, the first one, is my number three. Was that this, this decade? This, this decade, yeah. Shit. Because okay. that was, like, 2012. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Number two, uh, CM Punk versus Ryback at Survivor Series, simply because the Shield debuted. 
The match itself was pretty mediocre, but the ending really sold it for me. Uh, and number one, uh, John Cena versus CM Punk, Money in the Bank 2011. Okay, okay. I'm trying to remember some of them. I have, I'm writing some of them down so I don't fucking skip over them. Well, every, like, really good wrestling memory I had (laughs) from 2000 (laughs) to now happened, uh, pre-2010. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And in 2019. I just gotta finish this one, and I think I got it. I'm trying to, like, remember all these things, but I'm, like, already kind of tipsy because I'm almost polished off an entire bottle of wine. Yeah, you drank that whole fucking thing. Uh, last one. Okay, I think I got it. Hell yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start from number five and work my way back up. Number five would be OVE versus Lucha Brothers in Impact, the uh, Full Metal Mayhem barbed wire match. Yes. That was amazing. The spots were on point. There was like no botches. There was no ring canvas. It was just straight up wood on the floor. Nice. The hardcore aspect was great. The storytelling was great. Um, Number four would be the Angel Garza Leo Rush match. Nice. It was a great match storytelling wise how it led up to it and they finally got somebody over without the other person looking like a bitch um number three super obscure for anybody that doesn't know me um i'm a huge indie wrestling fan i'm also a huge women's wrestling fan so my number three is kelly ann versus evie in australia the grudge match um if you have a chance There's a show called Final Battle for uh, Melbourne City Wrestling. 2016, I believe it was. These two women put each other through hell. Kellyanne even dangled Evie over the the, um, balcony off the corner in a chokehold and just (coughs) had her dangling there for like a good minute. It was like a 15-foot drop or so. Um, Chair shots, hard-hitting match. It was just amazing. Um, my number two would be Marty Skrull versus Nick Aldis from the NWA anniversary show. Nice. That match was amazing front to back. Um, and my number one has to be the second encounter between Cesaro and Sami Zayn from NXT. Oh, yeah. Like the first one was decent, but then the second one, they had like a feel out for each other and everything after that kind of dwindled. A little bit. So I think first one was good. Second one was best. Third one was meh. And then the one that they had later on in on the main roster was dog shit. So yeah, Cesaro versus Sami Zayn has to be my match of the decade. Nice. Yeah. That's actually a really good pick. Uh, like, shouts out to like all the really, really, really good matches. But my top five was basically just based on like how it changed the wrestling landscape. Yeah. More or less. Um, and I would... I Shouts out to the women's division, but, like, the, the building blocks for that have only been just, like, recently laid. Yeah, the last, like, one, two years. Yeah. 
So it, it was like, no disrespect leaving like the whole women's revolution off of my list. It's just, it's so fresh and new that it's something that you, it has to, it is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like, ladies are putting in work. But like, it's something that needs to stay consistently good. Yeah. Um, um, and shout out to this match. I know it's it's nowhere near my top five, but I recently watched it, and I want everybody to watch this fucking match. NXT's Christmas show that they just did. Ooh. Um, Shotzi Blackheart made her TV debut. I saw that. I was going to watch that earlier And today. she faced Bianca Belair. Nice. Nobody looked weak. Shotzi had some real innovative offense, was super clean the whole entire time. The power game by Bianca Belair really matched up with the speed and quickness of Shotzi. Crowd was behind it from start to finish. And I feel like if they put a little more effort behind Shotzi, um, she could be a major star. Mm-hmm. Um, Bianca Belair, already one of my favorites anyway. So I don't need to say anything about her. But this match as a whole was amazing. I would say like a B plus, A minus. Oh, yeah. Like, solid match. Shotzi Blackheart has like the look. Yes. And the... Uh... She did the hood slam the razor against the skin taunt, no, and then yelled to the crowd, "Who's your daddy?" And then awesome. WWE retweeted it and said, "Who's your daddy?" Shotzi Blackheart makes her debut. That's awesome. I was like, "Yo, you're getting somewhere. Awesome." That's so good. She's someone to watch out for. Like she's got that. She's got the look, the athleticism. I see her doing big things in WWE Definitely. if done correctly, and that's gonna be the big thing. Um. Time for the two major ones before we kind of branch off of this for a little bit. Um, Let's go with Woman of the Year. Who do you think is the Woman of the Year? And, I mean, just for the sake of more content and not cutting this short, maybe give a reason why or so. Okay. Uh, My answer is going to piss a lot of people off. Do it. <laughs> uh, 66 is a couple episodes back, but do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, my uh, woman's wrestler of the year is Nyla Rose. I see. I see what you what you said. Uh, simply for the fact that she's overcoming adversity, and as a member of the LGBT community, we need more of that. LGBTs. LGBT. Mm. If I ever was ever to open a restaurant, I would have one of those. Casey's big gay diner. <laughs> Casey's big gay diner. But With like some she's LGBT just, and BLTs. Her wing, her ring work needs improvement. Yeah. But uh, just the fact that she she's come in this year, she's made the impact that she has, and yes. she's had to deal with what she's had to deal with basically since her debut, uh, and the fact that she's still sticking to it is awesome. Great. Yeah. And that's uh, that's why. And I feel like if she like polishes up her ring work a little bit, she can be a very effective monster in the women's division of AEW. Oh yeah, definitely. Like deceptively agile. Yeah, dis- and, like Decepticon. But um, like holy shit, you see like that beast of a lady in Nyla Rose. Yeah. And then. Gracefully hops to the top rope and moonsaults. Right? Oh yeah! Fuck no. you! Watching <laughs> watching Rio versus Nyla Rose was like, whoa! That was like Kenny versus the blow up doll. <laughs> it's like Kenny versus the nine year old child. Yeah. 
She kind of she kind of looks like the eleven-year-old child. Though rumor is it's not the same person. It isn't. But. Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, it's that nine-year-old kid that he fought," and it's not. It's no. not though. Um, I gotta stay on brand and say my woman's pick is a super obscure one. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. But um, Rhea O'Reilly, um, she is out of the UK, like Ireland area. She belongs to Eve Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an all-women's division promotion. She has oh, been their world out. champion for over a thousand days now. Nice. Constant banger out of constant banger. <laughs> She's hard-hitting submission specialist. She, no bullshit. She doesn't, like... Do the normal women's division thing where she's like, I'm going to get all made up sexy and do like calendars and shit. No. no. She's like the old school style. Like when Fabulous Mua would just punch you in the face and stretch you out. That's it. And though I want to give it to Shayna Baszler because this last couple years have been nothing short of amazing for her. Exactly. Heal everything. Great matches. Time after time after time. She lost her title. She lost her title and then she lost it again. She had a couple tag team losses, and that really hurt her. But Rhea O'Reilly has not lost her title in a thousand days. So my be doing something right. My thing goes to her. Hell Rhea yeah. O'Reilly. Hell yeah. That's um, actually a really good pick. Yeah. She's really good. She's really good on the mic, too. She's like a punk rock feminist gimmick. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love um, that. And the time has come. Most people will say this is wrestler of the year, but we're not doing wrestler of the year because that's too hard to pick as an overall thing. Yeah. Um, so male wrestler of the year, since we just did female. Um, same thing. If you want to give your opinion on why, if you feel the need to, um, yes. do that. Uh, mine is going to be Daniel Bryan. Okay. Daniel Bryan because uh, he returned to wrestling only last year. Um, he had an amazing heel turn earlier, like this year, and he totally reinvented himself, did a brand new character. He cut a promo on a burger and the promo itself was brilliant. The gimmick was brilliant. He was, he basically, he had an eco-terrorist gimmick in 2019 and I am living for that. I am living for that energy. Yeah. And like, he's still got it. He's been in the business like almost 20 years now. Like he's he's doing great things, and I for I don't see his career going much further, but I know he's still got some great matches left in the tank, and the fact that he was able to take his much beloved gimmick and then flip it on his head and turn heel and have everybody fucking boo the shit out of him, congratulations, you did it! Like you are a good wrestler. It best takes wrestler a good face world. to be a good heel, and then it takes a good heel to end up being coming a good face. So it kind of feeds into each other with that. Oh yeah. Yeah, great pick, great pick. If I wasn't so set on mine, I probably would agree with you. With you. But agreeing with people does not get listeners and does not make good discussion. <laughs> so, um, my wrestler of the year. Contrary to what I said, if like 10, 15 episodes back, I have to go with uh, Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan has went from being the most despised person to building a brand for himself, going global, becoming the Impact Champion, putting on great classics with Brian Cage, 
with Lucha Brothers, with LAX, with Tessa Blanchard currently. Um, He became, like, the number one heel in the world for most of the year. He spat in the face of Jim Cornette. He became an an internet sensation. Uh, he's, he's, you know, worked strong style brand making them super relevant. Like everything that Sammy Callahan touches right now is becoming gold. And if you would have told me like two, three years ago that he would have been this good after like just leaving oh, WWE yeah. NXT. We, we talked about him on the, the podcast two years ago and we were like, fuck Sammy Callahan. Yeah. And, uh, but like now it's like, he's undeniable. This dude is doing things and everything he's touching has been amazing. Oh yeah. No, I've, I've never done a complete turnaround on like a, a wrestler before, but he's yeah. managed to do it. Yeah. You don't know how, but he's managed it. Aligning himself with Jake and Dave Crist and Madman Fulton was a great idea. The classic, I'm going to run my mouth heel with the muscle and tag team division thing. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like Ohio Inner Circle, essentially. Yes. Even though they were here before Inner Circle. But him as champion is amazing, and I can't wait to see what the whole culmination of him versus Tessa Blanchard will be. Will he come out on top and be like, the wrestler of the year for Impact? Or will Tessa Blanchard become the first female Impact world champion? Ooh, that's going to draw some eyes. I yeah. like that. It's going to get a lot of eyes. It's going to get a lot of praise. It's also going to get a lot of hate. But that's what both of those people have been doing no, the last the year or so. Impact so. is pulling the trigger, maybe, on something that WWE should have done two decades ago. And that was put the strap on China. Strap? The, China? Strap on? China? Oh my god. Watch out, Xbox. No, 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 no. You're going to blow out Uranus again. God damn it. Also, fuck Jim Cornette, because I haven't said it yet. Okay. Just because we're on the thing, I said this the other day to somebody. Jim Cornette made, like, a thing out of being like, fuck Kevin Steen, fuck Kevin Owens, that dude's never going to draw a dime. He's a fat, out-of-shape loser and does nothing but shit. And then he also goes on to praise, like, 70s and 80s wrestlers where everything is hokey like he hates. Yep. And everybody looked like Kevin Owens. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? This dude bitches more than a like a high like a middle school girl, and I'm really surprised that CJ from Lorna Shore hasn't pissed on him already. <laughs> and that's some topical <laughs> shit right there. <coughs> Mark Jesus my words. Christ. I don't oh. care. We can set that back to zero. Also, I don't care. <laughs> also, if you noticed, uh, uh, the audio sounds a bit different. Uh, we have a new microphone, and we haven't spiked the audio one fucking time with this button. Ah! Oh. Did it work? Oh, no, not oh. yet. Ooh, this is a good microphone. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Are we, are we starting back at zero or no? Is that too overboard for you? No. Okay, cool. No, fuck you. Because we're at, we're at 44 days without incident. That's only because we do things every other week and I wasn't on the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> also, fuck CJ from Lorna Shore. Yeah. Alrighty. Get so... my buddy Isaac on vocals. He deserves it. <laughs> um, with that, we're going to go from one heavy band to another heavy band. Uh, our first musical break. This is... God damn it. I forgot the name of the song. But this is War Boy. Here on the Just Plain Filthy podcast. Hell yeah. 
Welcome back to the Just Plain Filthy podcast, and uh, that was our musical break. That was War Klein, a uh, War Boy with the, what the fuck? I said that I had it all set, and I did not have it all set. But here we are now, and now I have that? it all set. That was War Boy with Decline, not War Klein with D Boy or something, Which whatever the it? fuck I was going to say. That was War awesome. Klein with the you... boy. <laughs> I am the boy. I am the boy house. The boy house. Oh my god. Oh, um, if you're... That's the first thing that 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 knee slap was the first thing to spike the audio on this new mic. Does it work again? Do it, oh, ah! it again. Spiked it. Yeah. Um, you found a way to. Audio didn't, but me slapping my knee and laughter did. Um, if you are unfamiliar with the band War Boy. Warboy. I almost said Warhausen. Warhausen. <laughs> um, they are a hardcore punk band out of the Ontario, Canada area. So definitely check them out. They are on Bandcamp. They are on Facebook. Check them out on both. Warboy. Canada's got some good shit right now. Canada's got some great shit. They got Warboy. They got Pup. They got all this oh, shit. Yeah. But um, talking about music. Oh, I love talking about music. We're on the music parts of the podcast um as we did with wrestling and we broke it up into categories hell yeah we have some musical categories as well nice so let's start off with your top five bands on your spotify for this year for this year um number five was the wonder years number four was four years strong ha 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 number (laughs) three was say anything Number yeah. two was Issues, and uh, number one, My Chemical Romance. Oh, big surprise. Damn. <laughs> Couldn't see those last two coming. When I was a twink boy. <laughs> My daddy. <laughs> Take the, that for what you the will. The married guy from Grinder <laughs> took me into the city. It's a please don't tell my wife. <laughs> or my kids. Oh, goddamn. Santa's coming in a few stockings tonight because I'm going to be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> um, uh, my top artist, uh, if I'm reading this correctly, I believe I am, will be This Will Destroy You. Nice. Circuit Survive, which is my all-time favorite band. Nice. Um, Bayside, because their new album has just been on repeat for me. I'm really surprised that Bayside didn't end up on mine. That's weird. Um, if These Trees Could Talk. Because they are one of the heaviest instrumental bands that I've ever heard. And Explosions in the Sky. And I know some of you listening to this and having my disclaimer earlier saying that Circus Survive was my favorite band of all time. Now, TJ, why isn't Circus Survive number one? Well, it's because I have a stressful ass job. And I listen to my meditation mix almost every night. Hell yeah. Which brings me to like... 500 or 600 minutes of listening to Explosions in the Sky exclusively. <laughs> so, that's what it'll do. But when I'm not having a stressful as hell day, I will listen to Circus Survive. That's awesome. But, yeah, so three out of my five bands have no vocals at all. Wow. Fucking Facebook advertisements. I hold my phone for two seconds and it always opens a fucking advertisement. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I feel like those choices for both of us aren't too 
surprising at all if you know who we are exactly if you know who we are as people and you know what we do like like casey likes like the emo classics and like pop punk and stuff and i just like vibing out exactly and i think uh our our, uh top fives really like solidified that who do you think are devin's top fives devin's top five uh Devin's top five. I know Coheed and Cambria. Is at least in the top three. In the top three. Uh, Maybe My Chemical Romance, because him and I have had conversations about My Chemical... We talk about My Chemical Romance literally all the time. Um, Steel Panther? Steel Panther, probably. Uh, Him and Tanya went to see Steel Panther like last month. Yeah. Yeah. Or this month. I don't really know. I have no concept of time. Uh, Limp motherfucking biscuit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, one uh, the few non-ironic Limbiscuit fans that we know. Oh yeah, I'm one of them, but like I'm not to the point of him. Yo, really, between you two and my friend Corey, who's no longer with us, I'm now a Limbiscuit fan. And I hate all of you. <laughs> <laughs> we converted you. Oh yeah, but like the Limbiscuit conversion therapy. <laughs> I know he listens to a lot of pop punk bands, cause like, but I cannot nail down a favorites of his. Ah, uh, okay. Um, okay, let's see. Let's take it one step up. What are your top five releases of the decade? Releases of the decade? Yeah. Ooh. 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 Ooh, Okay, so, uh, number five for me has to be, like, uh... Let's see. Number five. This is going to be fucking weird. Uh, number five. This decade, 2010. Uh, what Separates Me From You. Day to Remember. Great oh, album. Hold on. I, I said it wrong. What are your top five for this year? For and then we'll this. do top five for the decade. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, for this year. Um, I, wrote down one, I wrote down top five for both of them. And then I was like, how the fuck are we going to go back? Number five uh, is Barriers. Uh, by Frank Iero and the Future Violence. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you've been real into them since... Oh, yeah. Before, well, because there was no Mike and... Well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, that album is just really great, and it talks about a lot of uh, stuff that I also have trouble with. Um, it's just a very accessible record, and, like, I know if a lot of people give this band grief for uh, Frank's vocals, but, like... Oh, is he, he the vocalist? On yeah, that? he's, he's okay. the vocalist of that band. And, like, it's just a really well-rounded album. It sounds like there's some Weezer influence on some of the tracks. There's, like, very jazzy sections that aren't jazz specifically, but, like, they sound very jazzy and, like, just mellow. And then, like, other times it's, like, a punk record. So Frank Eero in this album is essentially, like... Fred back in the day with Taking Back Sunday. Yes. When he left him uh, did or then did um the color Fred. The color Fred, yeah. Okay. Why did but, I say drop dead Fred? That's a movie. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So The Color Fred. I was gonna but, try to say it's like yeah. he's, he's now from like guitarist or whatever to frontman of that whole thing. Exactly. Okay. And like I just like the themes of the album a lot. Okay. Uh number four for me, uh for this year, uh and I'm going to get a lot of fucking hate for this, but Ammo, uh, Bring Me the Horizon. Great. I like Bring Me the Horizon's new new stuff. Br- a fucking great record. Like, it's way different than what they used to do, but it seems like everything that they do, they do amazingly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am forever a fan. Uh, number three, um, 
I didn't really listen to a lot of new shit this Yeah, you've year. been listening to all, all this other stuff. Uh, yeah, there, there's a reason why I didn't listen to a lot of new shit this year. I'm not going to talk about it yet, but... Um, number three. What fucking records came out this year? God damn it. Uh, ADHD um, by Joyner Lucas. Okay, yeah. Uh, that was a fantastic record. That's up there in mine, but That's, it's not uh, on my top five. And number two... Uh, I would have to give that to, uh, fucking, god damn it, I'm trying to think of one of, uh, god damn. No, that was 2018, I was gonna give number two to Kanashi, but that, that was last year. Yeah. Um, number two. Yeah, number two. Fuck, now I gotta think of a new number two. Uh. <laughs> number two. <laughs> fucking. There's. Number two, I'll think of one. But number one is Beautiful Oblivion by Issues. Uh, yeah. Because that is a great goddamn record. Didn't the new Say Anything album come out this year? Oh, yeah. Number two is Oliver Appropriate yeah. by Say Anything. See, I, I got you. I bumped that fucking record for a solid six months. I know. That's why I was surprised that you were like, I can't think of a number two, but number one is Issues, even though I didn't say anything about Say Anything. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I totally forgot that came out like this year. I thought it yeah. came out like tail end of last yeah, year, but like, no, it was in it was January. Like, yeah. Technically, um, it's 2019. Yeah, so, like, that's my top five uh, releases this year. Okay. Um, of this year, um, it's going to be Cattle Decapitation's new one. Nice. Um, the merch that came out of that and, like, the fact that it's just fucking amazingly heavy. I like it. It's less grindy than all their other albums, mm -hmm. but it's still a solid album. Oh, yeah. Um, number two is The New Pathogenic. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. That um, dropped. The three songs that I heard like as soon as it dropped had me hooked, and I didn't listen to like anything else besides those three until like last month. Oh, and I was yeah. like, you know what? This still slaps. This is a great one. Hell yeah. Um, number three is the new Bayside. Oh, good. As I said before, right. and it was in my top five of the year on Spotify. The nice. new album is just great. I mean, I've been listening to old bangers too, but this new one, it has that it has this weird heaviness that all their old albums don't really have, mm -hmm. and it still plays to their strengths. It still sounds like a Bayside album, but it's just heavier, yeah. and I'm I'm here for it, dude. Fuck. Hell yeah. Um, I'm I'm hoping I'm not thinking of 2018. I'm pretty confident in this one, but I don't. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. The new Pianos Become the Teeth album um, with it? Charisma and stuff on it. I'm trying to think if that was 2019. Hold on. I got Google here. I'll, I'll make sure. I'm going to be in a weird, like, Casey oh, okay. mood where I'm like, if this isn't this, I don't know what my number two is going to be. I'm I was going sure. to say, like, later on the podcast, how, how our podcast has changed over the years. Fuck! <laughs> and that it's we 2018. <laughs> and that we are more organized, but I may have to retract yeah. that statement uh, um, before I even say it. You know what? I will say that issue is the one that you were talking about. Yeah, that album. From what I was listening to it, that one's pretty. that's been pretty prominent in all my plays. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so the new issue is the one. And then number one has to be the new Atmosphere album that dropped last week. Because besides Andrew Jackson Jihad, I've listened to nothing but that one album for the last like week. Hell yeah. um, it's called Whenever. 
um, both this album and his last one came <coughs> out this year. Oh, shit. Two albums in one year. Um, but this one, all of the beats have, like, that old school, like, um, mm. full band, old school feel. Where it's, like, saxophone and piano and old guitar with the boom bop drums. Um, all the lyrics are great. And Atmosphere is, like, wine, dude. Just gets better with age. Yeah. He's, like, almost 50 now. And he's just cranking out nothing but classics every single time. Hell yeah. Um, so, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm out here listening to Slick Rick like it's 1992. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking Casey sitting in his room listening to Slick Rick like, yeah, this is what's fucking up. Um, is that new let's gen? jump to Of the Decade of since the we decade? started. Okay. It should be a little easier for you. Number five, uh, What Separates Me From You, A Day to Remember. Uh, okay, I yeah. know like, that's just a really formative record for me. Um Number four would have to be... I'm going to put Barriers on this list because it's just a fucking great record. And uh, it's just seeing people evolve their sound over time is something that makes me really happy. Yeah, uh, number Number three uh, would be Danger Days, The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys by My Chemical Romance. Yeah, it did come out this decade. Yep, it did. Uh, it's uh, just a amazing record. Just before that went, goodbye world, kiss uh, my ass. Kiss my ass, and then come back. Uh, it's just a fantastic record. When it came out, I wasn't very high on it, because like it was just so different from anything they'd released previously. Um, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? Uh, but now that I'm older, and my music taste is more refined, and I have proper influences, uh, it's definitely grown on me. Yeah. Number two uh, would Number have two. to be... Uh, Fucking, um, no closer to heaven by the Wonder Years. Okay. Uh, I haven't listened to the new Wonder Years stuff. I haven't listened to. to I'm their still listening to fucking like record. Logan Circle and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't listened to their new record, but that record came out like uh, three years ago. Oh, you can see how much I still listen to them. <laughs> it's it's one of the uh, it's one of my favorite records, and my number one record of the decade would have to be. Beautiful Oblivion by Issues. I know yeah. there's two on here that were on my top five of the year, but like Issues sound uh, on their new record is something I just haven't heard before. Yeah. And I haven't, like, it's done so well that it's not a complete, it's not a jarring experience to see them go from what they were doing before Michael left to what they're doing now. It's such an inventive record and it's such a new way to do heavy music that, uh, I see them breaking into the mainstream like next year. With this album, they were, if somebody was like interviewing uh, issues and was just like, "What genre is your band?" They would just be like, "Yes, all of them." Like Meshuggah meets. <laughs> Let's French. just create three different bands of different genres and just have like a three-way split that we release. Yeah, it's like Meshuggah meets fucking Prince, and I love it. I live for it. That has to be the best description. Yeah. It's rather like soulful R&B gent. And yes. It's, yeah. And it's just it's something solid. I've never... I, before that album was released, I would have never crossed those genres. <laughs> What's your think about blues core? <laughs> Can we get some funk core up in here? Some two-step bluegrass shoegaze music. Hell yeah. 
It's a melodramatic popular song, as <laughs> MySpace used to say, and I'd make all my bands on MySpace melodramatic popular song. Probably why I never had any fucking fans. Um, yeah, my top five of the decade, on none of them carry over from oh, 2019. Sure. But I'll start for number five. Mm-hmm. Andrew Jackson Jihad Christmas Island. Oh. Came out 2011. Um, I'm a big fan. This is what I'm a big fan of is what a lot of people don't like about this album. And that's that it's a real raw punk, like super bassy instrumental and vocal arrangement. It's it's very loud. It's very like gritty. It's not smooth and like well recorded like all the others. Right. They wanted to make it sound like a basement album for the most part. Oh, and I, love I that. I'm as somebody that loves that like unfiltered <coughs> punk sound, that that captured me. Stuff like Cocapelli face tattoo on that song, which is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other great ones. I don't want to think too hard right now because I'm 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 rather, I'm rather drunk. But um, that's a great album. So number five, Andrew Jackson Jihad, Christmas Island. Um, number four, which is gonna surprise a lot of people, but without my girlfriend, I probably wouldn't have listened to this album as much as I did. Right. Um, Lizzo. Yeah. Because I love you. Yes, that's great. I've listened album. to every single song on there, and I think all of them except for like two. Are like very good in my opinion. Absolute bang. So gotta give a shout out to uh, Rikishi on this one, Lizzo. Great, great job on this album, you. Um, number three, Circus Survive, the Amulet, the new one that they came out with. Nice. Um, that's the only one from this year. No, the second one from this year that I really like. For some reason, I did not put that. On my 2019 albums. Whatever. Don't don't worry about me. I'm doing me. Um, Circus 5, The Amulet. Great album. It's probably one of the better ones since, like, Joturna and On Letting Go. Like, those two classic ones. Oh, yeah. It has the same energy as all those. But this is Anthony Green, like, without drugs. Yeah, so he's like... So clear. he's clean now, and he was just, like, clear-headed focused on writing a really good song all the music videos for it are amazing all the singles they put out are amazing has that old school circus survive feel to it i'm i'm about that um number four is going to be dance gavin dance mothership yes i saw the mothership show that they put out in boston with my friend luke we went out there we picked up a whole shit ton of their merchandise because we fell in love with that album. Um, from start to finish, the way that they put every song, the way that it leads into the next song, and the climactic ending of the last one is just outstanding. Oh. I feel like the way that they build the album mm-hmm. was second to none as far as everything went. Hell yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. This Frozen one at the end of it, yes. it started off with like, a weird intro and then it brought into it and it was a long song i think it was like seven or so minutes mm-hmm. um it sounded like two or three different songs and at the very end it was just like such a climactic like dramatic build to such a good payoff mm-hmm. that it just like kind of culminated the whole album as a whole 
and you understood everything. Bow. I I felt that way about like uh, exposed on their latest record. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's that. a great one. I'm surprised I forgot to put any Dance Gavin Dance on my honorable mention. Dance Gavin Dance, uh, all their records because yeah. <laughs> all of them since Tillian, yeah, have been great. Like, granted, the other ones have been good, but, like, this new sound that they have with the new vocalist and, like, them refining themselves so much to this one style that they're in really, really set them apart with their from their old stuff with Kurt Travis and Johnny Craig. Oh, yeah. Maybe they just need to, like, not have people with two first names. Yeah. Kurt Travis and Johnny Craig. Yeah, get, get you a man with two last names. Yeah, Tillian Pearson. Tillian Pearson. Till- I, I don't know anybody Peter. whose last name is Tillian, but still, whatever. That made more sense than I would have ever made if I tried to make a joke right now. Oh, yeah. Um, and my last one, um, one of the biggest influences to me, besides atmosphere, in hip-hop, and granted, you're not going to fucking notice this in my music at all, but Aesop Rock, The Impossible Kid. I bought the album full price. It's on my phone. And I listened to the whole entire thing about once a week. Nice. Since it came out. And it came out like a year or two ago. I've probably listened to this whole album close to 60 times. Nice. So that album is amazing. Uh, Songs like Shrunk. With quotes like. I said, she said, I'm not your enemy. I said, that sounds like something that my enemy would say besides playing off the chemistry. She said, you're being difficult. I said, I'm being guarded. You're a quarter million dead. I get more guidance from my barber. Nice. There's little jabs at people in occupations. There's words, there's wordplay. There's like 3,000 different words being used throughout this whole entire album. Um... He's got one of the best vocabularies in hip-hop. And his stuff is so esoteric and weird that you really have to, like, sit down with, like, a lyric book and, like, like, pause it every other line and be like, okay, what did he mean on this? Yeah. But it works, and I'm a huge lyricist guy. I love shit that you have to like this. Aesop Rock gets my album of the decade with Impossible Kid. Nice. Um, I think... There might be a couple more. Yeah, the only ones left right now are Best Show You've Been To All Year and The Best Show You've Been To In The Decade. Okay, this is going to be a big one. The Best Show I've Been To In 2019. Um, 2019. I went to to some shows in 2019. Um, Let's see. I went to Dance Gavin Dance earlier this year. That, yeah. That was great, so that's going to be my my big one uh, because I love Dance Gavin Dance. Was that with you, me, and Devin? Or was that by yourself? I don't remember. I've, did I see them two times this year? You might have. I did see them two times this you year. You went with me and Luke one year, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. And we saw Dance Gavin Dance. No, that was last year with Under Oath. So, yeah, this year I saw Dance Gavin Dance. Um, I, I went with, uh, Brett. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then, um, uh, the show of the decade. God damn. Uh, I, I hate to put you on the spot with that Jesus one, Jesus Christ. Sorry. Uh, I saw, 
I'm gonna have to say the show of the decade for me is Under Us. Because that's a band that I wanted to check off the list for a very long time, and I finally got to uh, last year. So, uh, show of this year for me. Um, Listener did a show at the Bungalow before they stopped doing shows. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. It was that's right. Listener, um, Birds in Row, and Reprieve. And that was a great show. That's got to be my show of the year. Um, last year, I saw a lot of them. Like, I've seen Wu-Tang Clan last year with Young Dirty Bastard. Um, but I think it was a show that I went to with you and Tanya last year. Um, the World is a Beautiful Place. That was a fucking Queen of Jeans and Pianos Become the Teeth. They played, like, six of my favorite Pianos Become the Teeth songs. And it's the best uh, set that I've ever seen of The World's a Beautiful Place. The crowd ate it up. The set list was built to perfection. I cried tears of joy and sadness at least five times throughout that whole show. It's gotta be that. Oh, yeah. So. Actually, I'm gonna change mine. Uh, Vanna's Farewell Show. Oh, that was great. Vanna's Farewell Show, um, a lot more emotion than when I saw Under Oath. Yeah. And it was the last time I'm going to see that band. Likely forever. Yeah, like, I feel like I was, if I was just a little bit more of a Vanna fan, that would have been one of those choices. Oh, yeah, I fucking cried. Like, the set, the set was I was beside that. you for a lot of the show. You were just like, <laughs> why do they got to do this? That would, I mean, and then the, you're like, oh, ex members, oh my god, yeah, dude. Like, the, the just the set list was mind boggling. It was like five Vanna shows in one because they did every era, every conceivable era of Vanna, like from the very first lineup to the very last lineup, yeah. That that was a great show. Was I cool. was there for that with you and Luke, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we stood in line for fucking ever. Oh yeah, well it's Vanna and fucking yeah. Mass, like so. <laughs> in that lineup with like within destruction, uh, no, on broken within wings. within ruin, um, within ruins, I believe. Or with uh, within yeah. ruins, uh, on broken wings. Yeah, they were on that. Um, fucking fire from the gods was one of the openers. Mm-hmm. They were great. And I just got into them like a month prior, and I was like, yo, they're on this show. This is sick. But yeah, that show was great. I think the only things left to do at this point is answer questions and announce what our world world tour stop number two is going to be. All right, let's do it. I'm going to do the world tour stop number two. Um, So last time... When it was just the Campbell boys on the podcast, they kind of explained what was going to happen with um, the JPF wrestling chat group on Facebook. Now, we are going on a quote-unquote world tour. We're doing, I believe, five or six stops. Number one just passed. We had Japan. Mm -hmm. And Antonio Inoki (coughs) won that whole thing no fucking surprise there tour number two is mexico in mexico we kind of elaborated a little bit 
We have eight wrestlers, four matchups. It's going to come down to round number one, round number two, and then our finals. So this is the matches that are chosen for tour stop number two, Mexico. L.A. Park, a.k.a. La Parca, yes. facing Mil Mascaras. Ooh. Um, Dr. Wagner Jr. faces Eddie Guerrero. Yes! Um, Blue Demon versus El Messias, a.k.a. Mil Mortes. Yes. And Tito Santana goes one-on-one against Juventud Guerrera. <laughs> so I really don't know which way this is going to go, but I feel like it's going to end up putting out a really good contender Oh yeah. to add up everybody. I mean, um, like, Juventud Guerrera, like, fucking, fucking, uh, La Parca. Yeah. Like. Literally every one of those names could possibly be. Yeah. It's a who's who of, uh. Like, Mexico guys. Yeah. Next up, I believe after this, we have UK. Nice. Um, then I believe we're doing US and then Canada. So Solid. Then we'll do that. Then we'll have a real small bracket for the whole world champion. But we'll, we'll push it out over a period of like a week or two. So it should be really good. You can, who knows how many fucking people we're going to have at the end of all this. Fuck you. Time to get into the final stretch of this. We have four questions. All of them are rather weird. (laughs) But we're going to dive into them right now. Healthy ways to avoid being addicted to cocaine. Uh, Meth. I would suggest... Uh, just get on another drug. You yeah. forget that you're on the old drug. Yeah, exactly. Just pour a fucking five-hour energy into a four loco. Oh, yeah. You're good. So do the math right. Nine loco. Like 20-hour energy. But yeah. You would be <laughs> up for uh, almost a full day. Yeah. You'd be pissing blood, though. <laughs> True. Dude, put... Four Locos ain't nothing to fuck with. Oh, yeah. We used to fucking drink Four Locos all the time in your old apartment. Uh, yeah. That was a terrible time. That was a time to be alive. <laughs> um, my friend's son vapes, but only likes the fruitiest sounding ju- vape juices. Is he gay? Is one of those flavors penis? Unicorn cum. <laughs> That's an actual fucking vape flavor. <laughs> what? If penis is one of the flavors that he's vaping, he might be gay. Maybe. But, oh, I mean, yeah. unicorn cum would get would be up there. Unicorn cum would be at least buy if you're vaping unicorn yeah. cum. Like, like, you've tickled the idea of blowing some dudes in the back alley. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to do your math homework. You're like, wow, this eight looks like a set of balls. Let's just keep this going. <laughs> Let's draw the shaft on the side of it. Hopefully I don't fail. Doodle some fucking thick stuff. Um, should I start saving now for next Christmas, next year's Christmas presents, or just keep doing cocaine instead? Uh. <laughs> Two questions about cocaine. We're we're on the roll here. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, I would uh just just keep on, keep on keeping on, man. 
Uh, I think just give everybody cocaine for Christmas. Yeah, if you got that much of it. And just label it Christmas snow. Yeah. Everybody everybody would enjoy that. Yeah. Really. Have you seen the new episodes of South Park? You can just put cocaine on things and call it Christmas snow. <laughs> like, you'll be good. and People will probably pay you money afterwards. They'll be like, oh, you got me drugs. I know drugs are expensive. Let me reimburse you a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully that helped. Yeah, you, know, you can start saving money now, but you can just save that money and then at the end of the year just spend it all on cocaine and give people cocaine. Hell yeah. Some real good cocaine. That was made by the Colombian babies. Exactly. Um, and lastly, is eating only macaroni and cheese part of a heart-healthy diet? No. No. <laughs> cheese is terrible for your heart. Exactly. Um, Got some cl- cloggy bones. Even if it was like non-dairy cheese, that's still terrible for your heart. And pasta, carbs in general aren't the best for your heart. So I would avoid eating mac and cheese every day. Yeah. Um, even though I did it for like a full year, but yeah. Now he switched to beans. Now he yeah, eats beans I eat all beans the all the time. Like yeah. I am. I eat garlic cook. bread all the time, which means I'm probably gonna die in like a year and a half. Yeah. So just live it up while I can. I yeah, guess. Yeah, you got some. Um, macaroni stuff. and cheese, though. Probably not. Maybe like a once a week thing or once like every three days thing. Hell I feel yeah. like is is good. But you now shout out to you. Hopefully it's not shitty like mac and cheese. Like yeah. that's Stouffer's mac and cheese that you throw in the microwave. Hopefully it's like homemade good. Good shit. With like Gutierre and like Munster like cheeses and like yeah some good pasta yeah no damn it now i want mac and cheese oh fuck you made us hungry damn it why do we listen to you people but speaking of hungry um i know a lot of you have seen my posts on social media and you've been hungry for some new kill murray hell yeah unfortunately today was supposed to be the drop day but we had problems with the album art spotify would not take it because there was there was text on it. So it is being pushed out a little bit. But I'm a man of my word. And I'm going to give you guys some new music. So if it's okay with Casey. Totally okay with this. We are going to end the last podcast of the decade. The last podcast of the year. On the last musical break of the podcast. With a new song. And this is my new track off the new EP. This is Everything You Love Is Gone. And just like this song, this podcast is now gone. Hi. Bye. We once were friends, but became fucking strangers Strange is the fact that since teenagers I had called you my friend You were sick in the head, medicated yourself Without the thought of the dangers Replaced anger with the thrill of the high One hell of a guy lived your life like a rager You felt fine with the taste of the drug Never talked to your mom cause you still couldn't face her You put the bottle up against your dome And pulled the trigger to 
till you hit the floor But nobody was home Just found the medicine to fix what was wrong But hard to cherish life when everything you've ever loved is gone Some movies, got some chilling with friends Remember older days, it's getting late You should wait until you sober up But with luck she makes it home Call me when you open up The door for hours more Gosh, you pace the floor Worried now your heart is sore The silence too hard to ignore They call instead, it's the machine And hearing the report Younger girl collided with another Leaned on mangled door You took the chance, danced with the face of death Choices were made, you were brave but you left Swan singing songs, tell your friends that you said so long Hard to cherish life when everything you've ever loved is gone Fucking hate myself. I've always hated myself. 